Welcome to the MPC Podcast. I am Tim W. Gill, pastor of Medora Pentecostal Church, and I'm thrilled that you've joined us today. Here at MPC, we are committed to bringing hope and building lives. One way we do that is through this podcast. Thank you for listening, for sharing and reviewing what we do here. It is our desire to connect with you, and you can find us on Facebook, or you can find us at our website, medorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. Amen. Proverbs 1, hear ye children, hear ye children, instruction of a father, and attend to no understanding. For I give you good doctrine, forsake ye not my law. For I was my father's son, tender and only beloved in the sight of my mother. He taught me also and said unto me, let thine heart retain my words. Keep my commandments and live. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Forget it not. Neither decline from the words of my mouth. Forsake her not, and she shall preserve thee. Love her, and she shall keep thee. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get understanding. Exalt her, and she shall promote thee. She shall bring thee to honor. When thou dost embrace her, she will give to thy head an ornament of grace, a crown of glory shall she deliver to thee. So tonight, simply, I want to, I want to, want to just give you this directive. Get this before you do that. Say that with me. Get this before you do that. Amen. Thank God for his word tonight. Let's love him in this place. Let's praise him right now. Hallelujah, Lord. We thank you for the word in this house. Praise God. Hallelujah. God bless you. You can be seated. Get this before you do that. Being a father and a grandfather is one of the greatest honors that I think could ever be given to man. Being a father and a grandfather is such a blessing. Can I get all the fathers and grandfathers to give me an amen? Amen. Thank you, Bishop. And as a father and a grandfather, I want the best for my family. I want the best for my children and for their children. I want our kids to have a good life. I want my granddaughters to have a good life. Amen. I don't want them needing anything. If I could give them everything I could, I would do that. You say, that's spoiling them. No, that's just my job. Some, some weeks ago now, it's been a good while uh, because the, the twins were not really, uh, I don't know, maybe they were just about eight months old or something like that. But um, I, we stopped at Walmart to get something, and, and I just walked around. I don't know if I was going in or what the situation was, but I walked to each girl from each side of the door and was, you know, kissing on them and loving on them. And, and uh, I went to Raleigh May, and she took her hand, and she did this right here to this 
right, I'll, right here, just did this and patted this. This poppy went into the store and bought everything I could from diapers to formula to toys to, to did I not, Sister Gill? Because I, I, you, 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 you just got my heart there, Raleigh May. I can't, I can't handle that. And they do that sometimes, and I'm just melting in mush. But there's something more important that I want my grandchildren to know, that my, my, for my children to know, that is more important than getting their needs met. It's more important than me going into Walmart and buying up the store for them. There's something that they will need that's more important than school. Something that's more important than uh, money, possessions. Amen. They're going to need this for going to school. They're going to need this to know how to handle money. They're going to need this when they date, when they're 35. They're going to need this. There is something that they need that is more important then they're choosing a life profession. Amen. Proverbs 4 illustrates a truth that fathers should instruct their children. He said, hear. Everybody say, hear. Hear, ye children. The instruction of a father. And attend to knowing understanding. The word hear here is the exact same Hebrew word as is used in, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. It is Shema. Shema means to hear intellectually and attentively and responding appropriately. In other words, to hear does not convey the idea of just one in one ear and out the other. The greatest thing here is that I hear what is being said and I obey it. I follow it. He said, hear. I want you to hear. I want you to listen. I want you to pay attention. Amen. Then he said, attend. Attend to knowing understanding. That means to incline, to have an, uh, an inclination towards listening carefully, paying close attention, and taking heed. Listen. Pay attention. And obey what I'm telling you. How many of you would like to have just a moment where you could say to your kids back in your mind, back maybe a few years ago, uh, you know, listen here. Listen up. Pay attention. And do what I say. How many of you have you ever, ever done that? How many of you like doing that? Like a continued day? Listen up. Pay attention. And do what I say. Why? Because I'm bigger than you, first of all, and older than you, wiser than you. But uh, it, it's the parent's responsibility to instruct their children and to tell them the, the important things of life. And he said in verse 2, for I give you good doctrine. I give you good, I give you good teaching, good doctrine. I give you good truth. Amen. There is no sound teaching. There is no sound doctrine. It's separate from the doctrine of God. Godly parents need to give good teaching, good doctrine. Amen. Good doctrine, good teaching is a good gift. Give it to your children. Amen. Don't abandon good teaching to your children. Don't leave doctrine behind. Teach them all about the things of life, but make sure that doctrine, teaching, Biblical understanding 
is in front of them. Amen. Don't abandon good teaching. That's what he's saying. Forsake not my law. Don't abandon that. This is a theme throughout Proverbs where the writer of Proverbs says, uh, he talks about those that leave, leave the path of unrighteousness. They will walk in the ways of darkness. Uh, it said, those that leave uh, the companion of their youth and forget the covenant of God. Don't, don't forget where you come from. We need to teach our children that. Don't forget where you come from. Don't forget your heritage. Uh, 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 in one place, the Proverbs writer says, don't let kindness and truth leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them like tablets on your heart. He said in wisdom, he said, do not forsake wisdom and she will guard you. Love her and she will teach you. He said, uh, he is on the path of life who heeds instruction, but he who ignores reproof will go astray. There are some things we cannot forsake. There are some things we cannot forsake teaching our children. Amen. Amen. Buy them things, give them things, teach them things, but the thing we ought to be aware to teach them is sound doctrine, sound teaching. Then he says in verse 3, he says, for I am my father's son, tender and only beloved in the sight of my mother. Do I have any babies of your house? Anybody's the last sibling? Is there any babies of your house? Hallelujah. Praise be to God. Oh, come on, lift those hands up high. You're the baby of the house. I'm with you. My brothers used to tease me and say, you're the baby of the house until I realized they can't say that. I'm the tender one loved by my mother. That's what he's saying. He said, I have a father, but my mama, mm, she loves me. She loves me. Amen. I'm beloved in the sight of my mother. And then he said in verse 4, he taught me also, speaking of his father, he taught me also and said unto me, let thine heart attend to my words. Solomon is reflecting on his life here, and he said, I've been where you are. I've been through what you are going through. My father taught me, and my mother taught me. Now I'm going to teach you. Amen. It shows that, that Solomon not only is teaching his son, but that he was submitted to his dad when his dad was teaching him. He had a relationship. He learned to listen because his dad talked to him. Amen. So Solomon is saying, I listen to my parents. I was submitted to my parents. Truth is meant to be transmitted from generation to generation. It's been meant to be passed down from one generation to another. Tell it to your children. Tell them when they get up. Tell them when they go to bed. Talk to them about it. Teach them these things. Let, let them know they need to listen. Google searches and how-to videos on YouTube can never replace, can never replace the teaching and impartation of elders. You and I need people teaching us. We need people instructing us, and we then need to instruct others. Can I get a witness in the house? It's interesting that David, king of Israel, took a time to teach his son so should every father their son. And he said, now get wisdom, get understanding 
Forget it not, neither decline from, thy, from the words of my mouth. Forsake her not, and she shall preserve thee. Love her, and she shall keep thee. Amen. Uh, we would have a lot less trouble if we would get wisdom before we do this. We need to have wisdom before we get involved with things. The writer of Proverbs says, better to acquire wisdom than to get gold. To understanding is better choice than silver. He also said, he who gets or acquires wisdom loves his own soul. He who keeps understanding will find good. You know that scripture says, buy the truth and sell it not. Amen. It also says get wisdom and understanding and instruction. Acquire. Get it. Go after it. Uh, Mr. Warren Wearsby in his commentary on this verse says get wisdom. Suggest buy wisdom. Because the Hebrew word carries the idea of a commercial transaction. There's a price to pay if you want to know God's truth and obey it. Go after wisdom. Pursue it. He said that wisdom is the principal thing. Everybody say the first thing. Before you do that, you need to get this. Before you do that, you need to get this. Before you say that, you need to get this. Before you post that, you need to get this. Before you push sin on that email, you need to get this. Amen. Before you discuss this with your relative, you need to get this. Before you decide and make a major decision, you need to have this. Amen. You need to have wisdom. Get wisdom. Today's world is riddled with behavioral problems and disorder. Social dilemmas are the norm. Amen. Everybody's getting diagnosed with something. Hallelujah. Everybody's getting diagnosed with something. People are looking to all kinds of places and direction to get instruction for life. Amen. But I want to tell you, the thing that we all need is wisdom. Get wisdom. Somebody say get wisdom. Mr. Haddon Robinson made this stark observation on man's ever-increasing gathering of intellect an increasing of knowledge, but lack of wisdom. He said, since 1955, knowledge has doubled every five years. Libraries grown with the weight of new books. In fact, our generation possesses more data about the universe and human personality than all previous generations combined. High school graduates today have been exposed to more information about the world than Plato, Aristotle, Benjamin Franklin. Amen. In terms of facts alone, neither Moses nor Paul could pass a college entrance exam today. Yet by everyone's standard, even with all our knowledge, society today is a, a people with a bumper crop of brilliant failures. Men and women educated to earn a living often don't know anything about life itself. Alumni from noted universities have mastered information about narrow slices of life but couldn't make it out of first grade when it comes to, to having a successful family. 
when it comes to having friendships and relationships. Knowledge is not enough, he says, to meet life's problems. We need wisdom, amen, and the ability to handle life with skill. I want to tell you today, in this room are people that have greater levels of wisdom and understanding than a lot of people in the world that have spent years in academia. A series of cartoons in a New York paper depicted a young woman garbed in cap and gown, holding a diploma with much pride, with her head held high. She's looking down her nose at the hoi polloi below her, Mr. World, while the cold, cruel cynic is saying, well, who do we have here? Next, with shoulders thrown back, the young lady replies, certainly you would know who I am. I am Cecilia Shakespeare Dokes, a graduate of Prestige College. She said, I have an A, B degree. Mr. World replies, my dear child, come with me and I'll teach you the rest of the alphabet. I'll teach you the rest of the alphabet. You know what? I believe sometimes what we call common sense is really good God wisdom. It's just good God wisdom. It makes sense. It makes sense. Amen. When you study uh, uh, why God was judging Nineveh, here's one reason why God judged uh, Nineveh in Jonah 4 and 11. He said, and I should not spare Nineveh, the great city wherein are more than six score thousand persons that cannot discern between their right hand and their left hand, and they have much cattle. They're blessed, but they don't know their left hand from their right hand. Does that not, not depict our society today? Educated, blessed, prosperous, but don't know their left hand from the right hand. So we need wisdom. What then is wisdom? Wisdom. The new Bible dictionary says, basically, wisdom is the art of being successful or forming the correct plan to gain the desired result. It is, this, it is seat in the heart or set in the heart, the center of moral and intellectual decision. Wisdom is God's clarity revealed in a situation. It's that moment where you say, I don't know what to do, but wisdom steps in and it becomes clear. Wisdom is the insight into the true nature of things. Knowledge is a mental uh, ascent of, uh, of perceiving an object, but wisdom can rightly discern from uh, uh, forming a right and wrong decision connected to that knowledge. You know, the statement is knowledge is power. You've heard that before. Knowledge is power. Power to do the wrong thing as much as power to do the right thing. It's wisdom that takes knowledge to do the right thing. Amen. So what is wisdom? James chapter 3 and verse 13. Let's go there. James 3 and 13. Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation Everybody say conduct of life. That's what that means. Out of the conduct of life, his works with meekness 
of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. For where envy and strife is, there is confusion in every evil work. Brothers and sisters, there is a wisdom that rises from a from below, and there's a, risen, a wisdom that comes from above. There is a wisdom that comes from hell, and there is a wisdom that comes down from heaven. Wisdom that is from below, amen, takes knowledge and twists it to match hell's agenda. It is devilish. It's rebellious. It's demon-like. It sounds like good wisdom, but really it is hell's agenda to try to cause confusion and cause division. For the sign of devilish wisdom is that the government of this world and the system of this world, they seem to be so wise and so smart, but really they're not. Do you know that the wise people today are now said to Identify as something that they're not. And yet they're called wise. They're called wise. Amen. Here's a way you can identify wisdom from below. It is sensual. It is animalistic. There is affinity towards the flesh and not the spirit. It is devoid of spirit, but it is all about carnal and, and animalistic and about the flesh. If the wisdom that you are living under is all about the flesh and not about the system, it didn't come from above, it came from below. The way you can identify wisdom from below, it is, it's got bitter envying. Bitter envying is sharp, pointed, spiteful, vindictive uh, jealousy and envy that harbors feelings. Uh, amen. You're blessed, so I'm going to harbor feelings about what you have. I want that. Uh, amen. And so I'm going to cut like a knife. That's wisdom that comes from below and not from above. Strife. That is self-seeking ambition, contentiousness. If you think, when you see the word strife in the Bible, think sleazy politician. Strife is party making. It's division. It's, I want what I want. Doesn't matter what I am in, in my party. I'll go get what I want. If I have to tear down my party or, or my group to get what I want, I'm going to go after it. That is strife. Amen. That's how you know it's from wisdom from below. Also, there's confusion. That means that there is disorder without law, upheaval, turbulent, disruptive. Amen. That's wisdom that comes from below. Have you seen that in our world lately? Amen. Rising up in defiance to authority. Amen. Uh, with presumed intention to overthrow it, uh, to act completely opposite uh, of what is demanded in society. That is a wisdom that comes from below and not above. Then he said, every evil work. Every evil work. The word evil is an interesting word. We often think about it something that is, oh, that's evil, or this is evil. But the base word 
Evil means worthless. Everybody say worthless. Fruitless. When you come to the end of life, all the fleshly wisdom of this world is empty. It's worthless. It'll get you nowhere. Amen. Real fast. But then he said in verse 17 of James 3, he said, but the wisdom that is from above. There's another wisdom, brother and sister, that we can live by. The wisdom that is from above is pure, peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy, full of good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy, and the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. Here's how you can identify wisdom from above. It's pure. It's free from contamination. It has moral and spiritual integrity. Amen. When, when, you're, when you're thinking about, should I do this? Should I, should I get involved with this? Amen. If it doesn't bring moral clarity, you probably should run from it. If it doesn't bring you purity in thought, that that's going to lead me into life of purity because the world will have a mixed up mess. It'll mix things up. Amen. But the wisdom that is from above is pure. Somebody say pure. Pure. Then he said it's peaceable. Peaceable. True wisdom produces peace and not disorder. Wisdom from below brings friction and disorder. Wisdom from above brings peace. Brings peace. When you're in a situation, you begin to watch who's bringing the confusion. Who's bringing the the confusion in this? And who's bringing the war? And who's bringing the, you know, what? That's probably not wisdom from above, but wisdom from below. Amen. One commentator said that this word peaceable pertains to freedom from anxiety and inner turmoil, free from worry. That's what wisdom is for. Oh, I need that, don't you? I need wisdom that is free from anxiety. It's wisdom that I can have peace in my heart, in relationships with other people. I can have peace. That's wisdom. I need that. Then he said, wisdom is gentle, equitable is what the word is. It's a Greek word that's kind of hard to define, they tell us, but it means pertaining to being gracious and forbearing, gentle. The word includes the idea of free from harshness, wisdom, free from harshness, or free from violence, amen, free from bias, free from favoritism, Gentle, amen, it is that I am going to make sure that the nature of the wisdom that I hear is one that is gentle, gentle. So often this world wisdom cries loud and shouts loud and argues loud, but sometimes the wisdom of the Lord just comes in a nice, peaceful, gentle manner. It is easy to be entreated Everybody say, easy to be entreated. That means that it's easily, listen to this, easily persuaded but not gullible. When something is easily entreated, it means it's open to hear the other side. Be, as James tells us in 1 and 19, quick to hear, Slow to speak 
and slow to anger, easy to be entreated. Godly wisdom is that, that reasonableness that doesn't push one's own rights, that doesn't push one's own opinion above even listening to anybody else. It's easy to be entreated. If it's not, it's not from above. The wisdom that is from above is full of mercy. It is, it is abundant in mercy. It's abundant in compassion. And when you have abundance of mercy, the byproduct of it is an abundance of good fruits. Hallelujah. Wisdom from above is not worthless, but it is fruitful. Amen. There's going to be something good that comes out of it. There's going to be something wonderful that comes out of it because wisdom is full of good fruits. I need that before I make a decision. Without partiality, this is the opposite of strife. If strife is a sleazy politician, then think about the most easy to get along person, one that isn't divisive, one that doesn't, it's not about division, it's not, but it's about unity. It's about making sure that we're together. That's what the wisdom from above is. And then he said it is without hypocrisy. It's not dealing in deception. I'm telling you tonight how to recognize the wisdom of God as opposed to the wisdom of this world. If it looks like devilish wisdom, it probably is. Amen. Wisdom is the ability to judge correctly and to follow the best course of action. It's the ability to see something from God's vantage point. Amen. Wisdom is God's character in practical application of life. It is taking what I know from here and applying it to my life. Wisdom. So how do I get it? I want to know how to get wisdom, don't you? Proverbs 2 and 6 says, for the Lord gives wisdom. Where do I get wisdom? Somebody say from above. I get it from the Lord. He gives wisdom. Out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. Out of God is where I get wisdom. The writer of Proverbs went on to say in chapter 9 and verse 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. How do I get wisdom? I have to have a healthy reverence and fear of the Lord. It's not that I am I'm constantly, my knees are knocking, but rather there is a reverence in my heart about God. When I fear the Lord, then the wisdom from above comes to me. Job said in 28, 28, and unto man he said, Behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. The fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. The fear of the Lord is not me cringing in fright. It is being open before him, honest before him. The fear of the Lord is being humble before God. It is waiting with eager heart to, to receive instruction from the word, surrendered and submitted to my Heavenly Father, not just my earthly father, but to my heavenly father. Oh, speak to me, Lord. I need wisdom. And then James also tells us in 1 and 5, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally. Hallelujah. How do I get wisdom? I go to God and ask. You got a major decision in your life? You need wisdom? Go to God and ask. Go to the right source. How do I handle this? What do I do? Amen. I'm going I'm I'm to, 
I know what I'm doing. I'm on YouTube. Got a bad problem with Cousin Ed. How do I deal with it? You're going to do a search. You're going to find. No, I'm going to find a corner somewhere and pray and say, God, your word says if anyone lacks wisdom, that you will give it to me if I ask it. Amen. He didn't always say he'd give it. He said he would give it to me liberally. Hallelujah. And later on, you'll find in that passage that, that James writes, you have not because you ask not. We can bull our way through things in life, or we can stop and say, I need wisdom. I don't know how to handle this. In the writing of Proverbs, wisdom is depicted as a lady, like a school instructor, but a lady that, 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 that uh, the writer says, the wisdom writer says, go after her, pursue her, go after wisdom, get it, uh, amen. Put this on the top of your list. Uh, get understanding, put it on the top of your list. Uh, throw your arms around wisdom. Embrace wisdom. Believe wisdom. Don't regret going after wisdom. Never let it go, hallelujah. And the Bible said that she will garland your life with grace. She will set grace upon you hallelujah wisdom will add years to your life wisdom will add years to your life wisdom honor it exalt it go after it buy it and sell it not not just my opinion not just my thoughts I know how to handle this not just my experience but wisdom I need wisdom today Church, I'm telling you, you have to get this before you do that. Amen. Before you, you make that decision, then get this. I will tell you, there are things in, I, in my life, I made some decisions. I didn't have much wisdom when I made them and I paid for it later. I paid for it later. Before my wife and I was introduced to Dave Ramsey and we knew about the, the, the stupid tax, we bought some things that we shouldn't have bought. Oh, y'all not going to amen me on that? How many of you bought some things you shouldn't have bought and paid the, the stupid tax? A time or two? Amen. Just ask us sometime to tell you the story about the fire protection stuff we bought. Oh, my goodness. Good stuff. We paid a stupid tax for it. Get wisdom. Before you make a decision, have wisdom. Ask God. Say, Lord, what would you do? How would this handle? How do you want me to handle this? How do you want me to handle this relationship? How do you want me to deal with this on my job? How do you want to deal with me to deal with this? I, you know, I got some situations that I don't know what to do. I got some text today. While I was studying this, that made me stop and say, Lord, I need wisdom to know how to handle this. Wisdom. I believe it's something we need every day. Doesn't matter how old you are. We need wisdom. Praise God. We need wisdom. Get this before you do that. Wisdom will place a head on your head, a crown of garland which means you win, you win, you win. 
In the poetic book of Proverbs, wisdom is depicted as a woman, but in the New Testament, wisdom is not depicted as a woman. It's depicted as Jesus. Woo! And if the writer in Proverbs tells us to pursue after wisdom in the type and shadow of a woman, then how much more should I pursue after Jesus who is wisdom? In 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 22, it says, For the Jews require a sign and the Greeks seek after wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified under the Jews a stumbling block and under the Greeks foolishness, but unto them that are called both Jew and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Christ is the wisdom of God. So you want wisdom? Pursue after Christ. Amen. Study Christ. Learn from Christ. Ephesians 1, 17, that the God of our Father, the the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and the revelation and the knowledge of him. Wisdom comes from him. Wisdom comes from him. Second Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 2, that their hearts might be comforted being knit together in love unto all riches and full assurance of understanding to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ in whom are hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Amen. If I need to know how to do something, I don't pursue wisdom as, it, as if it was a woman in the typology and uh, the poetic writing of Proverbs, but I go after Jesus. Amen. I know that years ago there was this whole thing, what would Jesus do? But it's still true. I want to know what he does. I want to know how. Wisdom says, Jesus, what would you do? How would you act? Is it wise to do this? Is it wise to do this? I need to get this before I do that. I'm going to pay the price. I need to get this before I do that. If you follow your carnal flesh, you'll wind up in trouble. But if you'll follow God and his wisdom, you'll wind up blessed, peace, purity, all the things that come from heaven. Amen. So today, I want to admonish you. Let's go after wisdom. Don't lean on your own understanding. Don't lean on your own experience. I know sometimes experience is a great teacher. Amen. You get, head, you hit, get in the head enough times from something you realize, I better stay away from that. Right? That's a good, good teacher. But sometimes when you're making life-changing decisions, you don't know what to do. That's when you got to have wisdom. Lord, let me see it as you would see it. Lord, let me see it clearly. Anybody got some decisions that, that you need to make? Come on. You, you got some things in your life you don't know what to do, and you got some situations you do. Stand to your feet. Come on. You need wisdom in your life. Stand to your feet right now and begin to ask the Lord. 
Lord, here's my situation. I need help with this. I need a word of wisdom. I need to understand, Lord Jesus, what you want me to do, not what I want to do. I'll make a mess out of it. I'll mess it up, oh God. But I need the spirit of wisdom and the revelation of the knowledge of Christ. I need to get all the treasures of wisdom that are hidden in you for my situation before I make the decision so that I can get wisdom before I do that. I can get wisdom before I decide that. I'm going to get wisdom before I join that. I'm going to get wisdom. I'm going to get wisdom. In in another church where we pastored, we had a, a man that, he was a good man. He loved God and he was a leader in the church. But he come up to me one day and he said, Pastor, I'm thinking about getting connected to the police and I'm going to be a police officer. And I'm going to, and he started hanging around with him and he started telling me what he was doing. And man, it was dangerous. And he went from that decision to another bad decision to another bad decision to another bad decision until he was ultimately lost from God. You see, that first decision needed wisdom. That second decision needed wisdom. That third decision needed wisdom. But by the time he got down here, he had already left it behind. I want to know what God wants. I want to know. Let's pray right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray, God, for divine wisdom. Thank you for listening to the MPC podcast. We trust that today's message has inspired you, encouraged you, and strengthened you in the Lord. We would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast, and we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you. Again, you can find us at medorchurch.com to learn more about our ministry.